Welcome to Make the Shift Podcast. I'm Destiny Berman, a model marketer and a course launch strategist. After 15 years of leading large-scale marketing campaigns in Silicon Valley, I left my corporate life when I realized I had a deeper calling. Now, I help teachers and entrepreneurs just like you make that life-changing shift from offline to online in order to create the business and life they've always wanted. This podcast will give you the roadmap and the inspiration you want and need to scale your life's work by launching digital courses and online schools. The world needs what you have to offer. It's time to make your specialty your destiny. Are you ready to make the shift? Let's go. Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I am looking forward to diving into today's topic, which is all about money, our own relationship to money, our relationship to revenue, and how to embrace value pricing when it comes to your digital course. Now, money is an interesting topic because it brings up so much, right? There's so much juice in this topic. It's one of the top four things we're always thinking about. So wealth, health, relationships, it's one of the areas of life that are always top of mind. But why it's important is because when we're looking at both pricing our online course and we're looking at building out this course business and looking at profitability, inevitably, our relationships, our thought patterns around money, whether it's conscious or not conscious, will come up. And so I want to look at what's your money story and how this could even impact whether you realize it or not, how you price your course, how you go to market and taking it a step further, how willing are you to claim your ambition and your appetite for earning a lot of money for having a lucrative business. Now, I know that for myself, my money story has been deeply impacted by my childhood roots of how I grew up. And also the fact that my parents have been entrepreneurs my entire life. A lot of that, that came from necessity, right? So they didn't have the education. They didn't have the skills to just decide their career path. And so they realized very quickly that by becoming entrepreneurs, they were going to have more of a chance to earn more money and to take better care of their family. So what happened over the years is They figured out how to earn a lot of money. We moved from a one-bedroom rented apartment in Chinatown, LA with the five of us to buying a home in Fullerton in Orange County when I was 11. But they also lost a lot of money in the process. And looking back, I believe this is due to not learning the skills of managing your money, but also having mindset drive us given the intense survival stories and experiences that they had to make it out of, always going back to that reset of surviving. And what I realized along the way is that I inherited, as a result, fears of losing a lot of money and also being afraid to take financial risk. So when I look at how I've built my business, in the first few years of my business, I was 100% focused on services. And while that was highly profitable, it was also very low risk. But at the same time, it didn't allow me to develop my own assets. So my own audiences, my own programs, and it's hard to scale beyond a certain point. It's hard to build a multi seven figure business only on services and profit shares in my experience. 
So I noticed that over time, I had this subconscious fear about taking financial risk, about repeating my parents' experiences, about losing it all. And so it kept delaying me investing in creating my own programs and creating my own audiences, even though deep down, I knew it was the right direction for the business and for myself. So I want to dive into the mindset patterns and the shifts that we can make when it comes to our identity so that you, one, won't let it impact you, especially subconsciously and unconsciously, and so that you can really set yourself up for success, both with pricing your course optimally and also making business decisions that is moving your business forward instead of limiting it or putting a ceiling on it. So first off, let's look at your business revenue goals. And when I say that, what comes up for you? And if we were to take a micro view of that, to take a subcategory of that, with your next course launch, what are your revenue goals? And it's interesting because I get a combination of when I ask my clients, our members this, one, not knowing what kind of goals to set. And having a blankness around is partly because it's so new. Two, afraid of setting a goal because they're afraid of being disappointed. Or finally, setting an unrealistic goal that is so far out of reach based on where they're at. Thinking that's going to bring them security. So if you're in the first category of just being so new to course launches and not knowing what goals to set, The marketing math is to target 1% conversion of your list size. Now, there are variables that you want to take into account, whether this list is is your target audience, if you're shifting businesses or not, and how engaged and how activated, how you've been nurturing your list. So you want to take a look at your list size if you have an audience or if you're starting to build an audience and just know that your first metric that we want to look at is to aim for 1% conversion of your total list size. Again, there are variables here, but that's a starting point. Number two, if you're in the second bucket of just afraid of looking at this because you're afraid of being disappointed, well, what I recommend our members do is to set three goals. Your minimum goal that's going to have you feel like this is worthwhile, your medium goal, which is a likely goal, and then your third, which is a stretch number. So if you're targeting and rolling 30 people inside your first course, then 15 to 20 would be your realistic goal, 30 would be your stretch, and then a baseline of, say, 10. Again, this is all going to back into assessing your audience size, where your business is at, do people already know you? But if you're afraid of being disappointed by setting one number, my recommendation is to have three goals. Then if you're in the bucket of feeling like I want to make a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars from this next course launch, then what I'm going to invite you to look at is one, do you have the audience size to support it? Do you already have a proven validated offer offline or online? And if you don't, I'm, I'm going to invite you to take a look at what's underneath this. Is it that you are trying to prove to yourself that having a big launch means you are successful or having a big launch means you can be worthy? Or do you believe that if you have a big enough number and you have enough money in the bank, this is going to bring you security? And those are typically the two culprits that I've noticed with business owners who are setting these massive goals out of the gate. 
So you want to take a look at yourself to see which one of these three buckets you fall in. And if you're in a fourth category, well, let's investigate that. So now let's take a look at pricing your course before we zoom out and we start to look at your bigger business goals and your ambition. So when it comes to pricing your course, there are three main factors. One, taking into account the market, how saturated, how competitive the market is, what, the, what industry you're in. Are you in dieting and fitness and weight loss versus are you teaching people certification? Are you training people to become certified? Two is to take a look at who your target audience is, your best fit customers, your best fit clients, and looking at both their ability and their willingness to pay. And then three is your value proposition, the results and value that you are helping your students, your clients deliver. What is your value proposition? Now, more often than not, within our community, I find that we tend to underprice our course. Because one, their feelings of, well, what if I can't deliver? What if they're not, what if they're disappointed? Even with the most experienced teachers and coaches, I find that we tend to underprice our course. And two, on the other side of that, even with the most beautifully produced, well-articulated course or well-packaged, well-organized course, it's missing the front end messaging. And so the value of the course, even though it exists, hasn't been pulled into the front end messaging and so people don't understand. And so there's a gap. So I'm going to invite you to look at for yourself to do research. Number one, on the existing offers, similar type offers that are out there. If you are creating a program that is extremely innovative and there's nothing like it, then what you want to do is to look at other offers that are serving the same audience you're aiming to serve. Then you want to take a look at, well, is there a gap in the market that you want to address that is going to be your core value proposition that is going to take into account your specialty, your uniqueness, and it's going to meet a unique need, going to be the number one problem solver in your category. Now, pricing of money really doesn't have to be complicated, but it's the emotions. It's really the emotions with money, with their value, with their worthiness, that clouds a process. Because also this is our life's work and this is what we want to do in the world. So just remember that as you're going through this process of pricing your course and looking at these three different factors, that pricing a course based on value you deliver is drastically different from your intrinsic value of your worthiness that is innate and that exists. I know you know this, it can be easy to forget and to get lost in the process. Now let's zoom out and take a look at our overall business because ultimately we're in business to have a profit, to support the kind of lifestyle that we desire and to be able to bring our good work out to more people. We want to scale our respect, our revenue and our results. So if we have hidden stories, hidden money stories, that is surrounding our ambition and even giving ourselves the permission to have a lucrative business, to earn a lot of money, you're going to get in your own way. And this is going to show up in underpricing your course. This is going to show up with not having clarity and claiming your launch goals and also not being willing to set business revenue targets for yourself. I want to give you questions and prompts to identify hidden money stories that may be standing in the way of you birthing and initiating this course business of yours that is so representative 
of your life's work. That is a digital asset that can work for you time and time again. So first question to journal on is what were the circumstances surrounding you and money when you were growing up? Was it easy? Was it hard? Were there things that you were hearing from your parents and your caregivers around their beliefs and opinions on money? Number two, what comes to mind for you when you think about having a lucrative business and earning a lot of money and being able to afford the things and live the kind of life that you so deserve and so want? And then finally, number three, what comes up for you when you think about ambition and being yourself while being successful and ambitious and having it be known and having it be public. And we'll be surprised, especially I find that this comes up for women entrepreneurs where we've had to face lifetimes of stories inherited and direct of it not being okay to be out there and to be so seen and visible and be successful and earning a lot of money and owning our power in this area. So it's important to journal on this so that this doesn't get in your way. And so if you start to find yourself procrastinating and putting off a course launch or or finding yourself stuck, getting in your own way, self-sabotaging behavior, you can come back to this and have this revealing, this journaling pull you out of it. Now, I believe that it's our birthright to earn as much money as we wish and to spend it in the ways we want. If you enjoy fine wine or you like luxury goods, it's your absolute right to embrace it and to enjoy it. One of the gifts of the internet is that technology and the passion economy and the creator's economy have come to a point where we truly can bring our knowledge out into the world to be able to reach a global audience and do very, very well at it. And so the time is here and the opportunity is here. So instead of us using money as a way to prove to ourselves our self-worth, our value, to know that we have the worthiness and our value is there and the tools are here and the opportunity is here, but it's up to us to step in and to claim it. I want to wrap up with speaking to knowing your numbers and how to use the data so we can get out of our own way. So for example, you start to put out your pre-launch content and you wish that more people were responding. The good news with digital marketing is that you literally can peel back and start to look at one benchmark metric at a time. What percentage of people are opening your emails? What percentage of people are clicking through your emails? And you start to make shifts to move the needle. If the open rate isn't where you want it to be, well, can you experiment with subject lines? If the click-through rate isn't where you want it to be, can you experiment with content? Are you getting the right people on your email list with your advertising campaigns? So when you break it down in that way and you're making one shift at a time, number one, you're using the data and making it work for you. Two, you're taking out the emotional meaning of things so that it's not about my content isn't good enough or what's wrong with me. It's about, well, let's take a look at one piece of data at, the t- at a time. And let's see where we can move the needle. And a practice I'd like to offer you is when you start to feel, when you start to find yourself in this thought pattern of it's not working, I'm spending all this money on advertising, no one's buying, no one is responding, 
is to take a step back and to break down the metrics one piece at a time. Are people clicking over on your ad? Are they opting into your email list? Are they opening up your emails? If not, what can we do to shift it? And the beautiful thing about digital marketing is that there are action items within each category that you can choose to make a shift, one shift at a time. And these little shifts, these micro shifts each day is what will get you there. So to summarize, number one, when it comes to setting launch goals, it's important to know which bucket you're at so that one, you are not setting an unrealistic goal. And two, you're also getting clear on your goals and your aims of where you want to be. Number two, when it comes to pricing your course, there are three main factors, the market and industry, your target audience their, with their ability and willingness to pay, and your value proposition. Number three, you want to take a look at your relationship and whether you have ambivalence or not to having a lucrative business, to earning a lot of money, and to owning your ambition. Are you worried about what others may think of you? Is there thought patterns around, am I being greedy? You know, does this even make sense? Do I even have a right to have what I have and to embrace what I have? And then finally, as a wrap up to know that with digital marketing, with course launches, you can use the data and make it work for you. And then if you break this down into categories, you can look at one category at a time, make micro shifts for that to add up to big results. So that is it when it comes to value pricing, when it comes to looking at your relationship to money. If you want to dive deeper and you want to demystify the five myths that are in the way that course creators make when it comes to launching your digital course business, sign up for my webinar. The link is inside the show notes. It's about 50 minutes and you're going to learn the five things to look out for so that you can take a step forward and move in the direction of your dreams. It's one step at a time, one action at a time, and one day at a time. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you in my next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. All the resources and action items mentioned in this episode can be found at destinyberman.com backslash podcast. To continue the conversation, join me in my Facebook group, The Skinny Launch Lab. And if you're loving this episode, do me a favor and share it with a friend. Until next week, your destiny awaits. Bye for now.